Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hello, D-I-A-H mamas. Sarah here. Matthew and I just launched our latest production together, the Balanced Mama Moment audio series. Who is this for? Any mom looking for more balance in her life and she's ready to start putting some conscious, powerful, loving, healing energy into herself. This is a guided audio experience of 20 tracks covering everything from how to make a balanced mama moment to body image, sex after motherhood, balance in your relationship, and so much more. We made this for moms just like you and me. So go to sarahbivens.com and click Balanced Mama to learn more and to sign up because we don't think twice about investing in our kiddos. So let's take a moment to give back to ourselves. So go sarahbivens.com and click on Balanced Mama. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have our interview with the awesome Deborah Pascali Bonaro. She is the director and creator of the award-winning documentary film, Orgasmic Birth, The Best Kept Secret. If you have not watched this film, we highly recommend you do. It basically explores the intimate and sacred nature of birth, which we're all about here, right? And Deborah is also the founder and president of the revolutionary online childbirth class, Pain to Power. She has over 30 years of experience working with doulas, physicians, mothers, fathers, men, women, midwives, all over 40 countries about bringing love and pleasure to birth and life. She is amazing, and she's really a pioneer in reminding humanity that birth can be full of pleasure and delight. And that's exactly what this episode and this interview is full of. So enjoy, and here it is. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. 
Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hello, Deborah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Doing It at Home podcast. Oh, I'm so honored to be here with you, Sarah and Matthew, and everyone that's listening in. <laughs> yeah, we are super excited. We've uh, we've watched you and seen you on so many different uh, great things, and so it's just it's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks again. You're welcome. I'm so excited to be here. It's always my pleasure to talk about pleasure in birth and life. <laughs> yeah, before we got on the call, Matthew said, "All right, let's have an orgasmic interview." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. So, so, orgasmic birth. I mean, I, I will hand it over to you and you can just share as much whatever you want to as far as the journey to it or what it is and how it came to be. I really love to share about this because <laughs> for me, it's interesting. I, I really think my whole journey to orgasmic birth truly started like with my birth and my mm. family's birth. I, as a little girl, was fascinated with birth. And I was really blessed that I grew up in a big extended, you'd never guess, Italian family <laughs> and had a grandmother and a great-grandmother and a mother and aunties and that. And I'd love to ask them about birth. And they would tell their birth stories with such joy. Oh, wow. You could tell that they were really proud of themselves and there was this glow that came over them that to me was really joyful and ecstatic and I know planted the seed of orgasmic birth. And so when it came time for me to give birth to my children, like I had never thought about pain. I had never had any fear of birth. I was looking forward to giving birth as this just incredible life-giving event of bringing a baby into the world, into our lives. And I was filled with their faces and their stories bringing that joy. And so it was really uh, an interesting moment as a young pregnant woman to meet other people and for the first time realize that not everybody had these stories, that people were sometimes more consumed with fear and pain and not trusting their bodies, but trusting someone else to tell them how, when I really felt that all the women that I had been exposed to in my family, they trusted themselves. It was, you know, their stellar event. And they kind of explained it that in many cases, they had a midwife there or a doctor. They were more like the lifeguard, just kind of protecting the space and so often I go to the beach, I don't know the lifeguard's name, I don't really even interact with them, but I have this faith that if I need them, they'll be there. And, I, mm. and I'm not suggesting we shouldn't really know our midwives right. and really know our doctors, but I think that lifeguard analogy for me really still holds that it's someone to be there if you want or need some assistance, but not to disturb the process. Mm. So... I I won't go into all my birth details, but I had my first birth, a really joyful, ecstatic birth, and that brought me to wanting to help other people to have the knowledge, to trust their bodies, to begin to experience birth with joy, with pleasure. And that's not to say that 
There also can't be moments of pain or it's transformative. It's challenging. Birth holds many, many elements for us, but we were focusing kind of as a society so often just on the hardest parts and not giving voice to the joyful, blissful, happy, connected, loving parts. And so as life would take my path, I became a childbirth educator. I became a doula, started attending births, became a doula trainer, working with so many people that provided support and have gone on to teach midwives and doctors literally all around the world. And the more I kept working and sharing with people about birth, whether they were the caregivers or the pregnant couples and people giving birth, I kept thinking, we need a new language. We need to do something different. That definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results. And I kept thinking, in birth, we keep using the same language, and birth is just getting more and more medicalized, taken really away from us, taken away from an experience that I know can be orgasmic. So I have to say, I can't credit myself in my conscious mind of saying I'm going to make a film because it was never on my bucket list or even in my skill set. But I had this sense that I wanted to bring this out to the world. And I would watch occasionally a birth show on television and be the one screaming there going, how can the media do this? playing crazy music they're making it like jaws you know <laughs> the movie jaws where you have that i was like how are we portraying birth with this kind of fear and scare and misinformation so i'd be there in the living room my husband would laugh at me you know i'm yelling at the screen and he's like but you are doing something about it and i said but i wish i could reach more people and literally that night I fell asleep and had a dream, truly a dream where I saw myself making orgasmic birth. And I woke my husband, Jimmy, up at two in the morning. I was like, honey, I have to make a film. And he just laughed. He's like, good dream. Go back to sleep. (laughs) And, And I woke in the morning. And, you know, sometimes you have a dream and you don't even remember it in the morning. But this morning, I woke up with a passion. I was like, no, I saw myself. I have to make this film. And he was like, you don't own a camera. You're not a very good photographer. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, you're good at, you know, teaching and spreading a message, but making a film, how are you going to do that? But it was so powerful for me that I always know we don't have to know how to do everything. That's the blessing of connections that we're always one degree of separation away from the people that do. And I live in Northern New Jersey, right outside New York city. And I knew we had to have some great filmmakers here. And I just started truly asking everybody I met how to make a film, how to start. And That's the path to orgasmic birth. It was really a a dream. Um, I tell everyone, follow your dreams because you really can, if you believe in yourself, like believing in yourself for birth, you can make anything unfold with the right team. So orgasmic birth brought together an incredible team of people, but most important, we put an open call out to people giving birth. 
and said, would you be willing to share your birth, your most intimate day and experience with a documentary? So I have to really give huge credit to the families who really let you into a very intimate moment. And when you're making a documentary, it's not like a Steven Spielberg film where we can cast people and give you a script. I <laughs> wish it was that easy. <laughs> we really caught the birth that came to us. And we were just so blessed that so many of the people that knew we wanted to make a film about joyful, ecstatic, blissful, orgasmic birth had moments of such joy and bliss and ecstasy and orgasmic yeah. birth because that's my subtitle. It's the best kept secret. We're just not talking about it. But there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not teaching or just home and emails flood into me of the number of people that experience so many precious moments in birth. It's just we're not talking enough about them. So my path just, you know, really, I think I all my life I had this fascination with birth. And it's really interesting how it has unfolded. I feel there are no coincidences in life, only incidences for which we are blessed when we really trust and allow that path to flow. Wow. <laughs> wow to to all of that. Um I think you hit it really well with the with the right team and the right mindset and the alignment and the the passion that you had for it. You know, you said regardless of skill set or or prior experience, it was able to to be co-created and manifested in the way that it was and my the way that it was the the film is put together so well um in that you know it starts out and you, for me anyway as i watched it i thought okay it's kind of going down this path but then there's another element that gets brought in or a new interviewee or another piece of information you're like wow this is such like a delicious multi-layered flaky Thing. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it, there's so many pieces yeah. to it that make it what it is. It's not one dimensional by any means. And that's something that I, I really appreciated about it. And it provides so many different perspectives and hits, it hits on so many angles. Um, that it was, it, it was really powerful and really resonated with me in that sense. And, um, one thing that, that came up for me, you know, you just said the, the, the sharing stories and the, and the creating a new language is just the, the intense fear that I've experienced growing up as a young woman, and I, I believe I can taste in society and in media around having real healing conversations around sexuality. And then, of course, yeah. as an extension of that, birth, because the two are so inextricably linked, yet we will do our best to keep them separate. And, you know, our our, our culture is laden with with sexual content. However, it's not real healing, powerful conversations. And then forget even talking about what a result of that sexual act could be, which is having a baby and what that could look like. And I just see this as a part of that conversation in healing some of those wounds, healing some of those, you know, really sexual traumas. I believe any sort of fear around it, it you know, comes from some sort of, of traumatic mindset experience event um, that just keeps us in this scared place. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. And I just want to 
backtrack and then come to the sexuality because I think that's really important to go deeper. But when you say the film was multi-layered, I just had to like laugh in my mind because I can't tell you the number of people that have watched it once. And then for whatever reason, whether it's weeks or a month later, watch it again. And they write me and they say, I re- you know, it's interesting, the new version you did. Oh, And I'm like, funny. no, it's the same version. <laughs> but people wow. see different things sure. at different times because I think we're always open. And there is so much richness in the film. So I always encourage people, watch it again in two months. Apparently, it gets to become a new film again. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll see something. But. When you talk about sexuality, I think that birth is a part of our sexual life. I think one of the biggest things we did that has really hurt us as a society, and I include us all in, is not honor birth as a part of our sexuality, is to look at conception in one space and then no more, that kind of Madonna whore thing. We don't want to talk about sexuality and birth, sexuality and motherhood in some places, and by closing that down, we've really altered the way that we care for pregnant people. We've altered the way we care in labor and birth, which I think we would do completely different if we honored birth as a part of sexuality. And as you said, sadly, so many people have had trauma around sex. We have so many people that are survivors of sexual abuse. And Pregnancy is really a window of time where if we were much more aware and sensitive, we could bring much more healing to anyone that has experienced trauma and bring them so that birth can be fully and whole and a reclaiming of their sexuality, their body, their birth. In our documentary, Helen is a survivor of sexual abuse. And I would have never made a story about orgasmic birth and birth and sexuality without including a survivor's story to honor that for many of us, this is a piece. And Helen's story, right, is just so beautiful because it really is her reclaiming her body and her power in a lot of ways through connecting that and healing sexuality and birth. So for me, it's been phenomenal because when you create a film, and I'm also co-author of the book Orgasmic Birth with my dear friend and midwife, Elizabeth Davis. So when you have things out there that put orgasmic and birth together, it pushes people's buttons right away, just the name, mm, because yeah. birth and sex, right? Oh, um, what's going on here? How can birth be sexual? And You know, Matthew, I hope you don't mind, but I often, when I'm talking to large audience, particularly to the men, say, like, if you were the birth givers and we would tell men that they would be having something happening in their penis for anywhere from an hour to two days, but it has nothing to do with sex, most men pretty much get that they would somehow equate something in there to sexuality. Absolutely, sex wouldn't have been taken off the table. And yet for women, you know, we're giving birth, we're feeling sensations in the deepest, most intimate parts of ourselves. And to have taken that away so that it's not a discussion, it's not even a way to say, how can we, when you may move into sexual memories, when you may feel sexual pleasure or different feelings that may be new to you, but deep into your inner being. 
um, how can we make that feel safe? How can we help you enjoy that? And rather than resist it, really move with it so that birth can be as complete, whole, joyful. I always say body, mind, spirit, and sexuality all together and creates the highest high of your life. Mm. That's so cool. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm remembering the part in the, in the film where you talk about the elements that are necessary for you know, having a peaceful, joyful, pleasurable birth are pretty much the elements that are necessary to have the same sort of peaceful, joyful, pleasurable sexual experience. Right. And how there's just that, that overlap, and it's absolutely not a coincidence. Yeah, no, not at all. And I know you've talked with Dr. Sarah Buckley, who I just love dearly, and has given us so much wisdom on how our hormones are functioning in birth and the hormones that are both mother-baby are producing in labor um, that have to happen in a set sequence are the same hormones we, you know, actually produce when we're intimate, whether by ourselves or with a partner. And they're the same sequence that goes to female orgasm. And so it's so interesting that the same things that would impair us or impede us from having a joyful, sensuous sexual experience, again, alone or with a partner, are the same things that will be barriers in making love. So when I'm working with people and I'm helping them to look at that connection of sexuality and how can they birth to fully allow their hormones to flow, I like to ask them, you know, think about being intimate maybe this coming weekend or tonight or you know, set a time in the future where you can vision this would be a time either again for yourself alone or feeling safe to invite your partner in. And, you know, what kind of lighting would you like? What smells would just take you deeper? Maybe there's an aroma, an essence. Um, what, you know, is there a genre of music or maybe just the sounds of a waterfall? What is it that you would like to hear, smell, lighting, see what kind of touch um, is safe and intimate and kind of create that environment in your mind. And then ask yourself, how many of those elements are available where you're giving birth? And of course, as Ina Mae Gaskin's famous midwife quote is, you know, the right place to make love is the right place to give birth. For those of you that are giving birth at home, you often have everything right there that's, <laughs> that's intimate. But yeah. if you're choosing to birth in a hospital, right, then we really have to say, how can we change that? Because if this, let's just pick Friday night, we were going to drop you off at the typical hospital room and tell you to have a nice, joyful, sexual experience <laughs> alone or with your partner, I think most of us could laugh and just say, no way. Like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Ina May also says, you know, if you are to listen to a woman in labor and she's being cared for in the proper way, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, it's very similar to having an orgasm. Like yeah. that's what it sounds like. Like she's oh. like having great lovemaking. And, um, you know, yeah. Matthew commented, you know, if I had my eyes closed and this, this movie was on, I would maybe think it was something else. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. It's so true, right? Because if we're flowing the same hormones and birth is a part of our sexuality, then it's often sounds the same. I mean, I've had many a partner say to me, once they see our film and they realize that it is this intimate connection, then really what they're, you're doing to support is loving her through labor. Yeah. And so many people think they have to learn all this new skill set, but most of us really know how to love and nurture and care for our partner and bring them to that sacred, intimate, sensuous space. And it is. It totally looks the same, sounds the same, uh, definitely feels a little different yeah. with the intensity of labor mixed in there. But if we're creating the environment, then there's going to be a huge portion that's going to be similar. And then you have to ask if you really understand the connection between birth and sex, where would you want to give birth? Who would you invite in? Um, I think it opens up a whole new discussion on how to prepare for birth and for midwives and doctors and doulas and nurses, and I work with them a lot on this, it opens the discussion is when we honor birth as part of sexuality, how do we then alter our care to be that lifeguard or that guardian to keep that space safe and sacred so that these hormones can flow because I don't know about you, but if I'm in the middle of being intimate and a stranger walks in and asks me three questions, <laughs> it doesn't usually keep the intimacy flowing. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Yeah. And I just, I love how you, you made that, that flip switch, that, that change of context around how then to, to properly honor and support a woman going through labor and birth is just to love her, especially if you can see that connection. But if you don't see that connection, and this is talked about in the film, people don't know what to do with a laboring woman. People don't know what to do with her, with her sounds, her expressions. And so they don't know what to do with her. It's like, all right, let's move this along quickly then so that you don't have to be in pain because what you're doing right now looks like pain and is loud and it's not really comfortable and it's kind of scaring people on the hall. So we're just going to move this along because we don't really know what to do with you. And, um, you know, I could, I could kind of go off on a tangent then on how that's kind of let's control the female body and sexuality. And the only ways we're comfortable in seeing it is quietly delivering a baby or, you know, uh, sexually um, exploited. You know, it's like we don't really know the proper yeah. space, so we're scared of it. So when you're scared of it, let's hide it or let's pervert it. Totally. And Robbie Davis Floyd, who's a great um, medical anthropologist, who's also in our documentary, she talks 
so much about how even hospital gowns, right, are mm-hmm. like stripping us of our identity. And so they strip our sexuality out. I mean, how many of you, if you want to be sexy and feel good or even just powerful and go out for the day, put on your hospital gown? Yeah. Like that's such an, it, and, and it really was to mask kind of sexuality. And then, you know, even the epidural, you know, we keep women silent because we feel uncomfortable with those sounds, you right. know, it's very hard to walk into the space of someone that you don't know if it sounds as you're walking in that they're being quite intimate. So a lot of our hospital procedures, I think, are really rituals that desexualize the experience. And by doing that, what we're finally learning and recognizing today from science is we're actually making labor longer, harder, more painful, more difficult, and in many cases, more dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, So what people don't realize is by not claiming this piece, by not fully going deep into your sexuality and how will you honor it, heal it, and bring it forward in birth, you sometimes are setting yourself up for a more difficult and a more painful birth. Because people say to me all the time, like, all you hear about is pain and labor. And Dr. Northrup even says in our documentary, right, people come screaming into the hospital as if it was the worst day of their life. And people say, how could that be pleasurable? Well, if we keep the current model, it's not going to be, but we need to flip it and not saying everyone should have a home birth, not everybody can or should, people need to birth where they feel safest, where they feel most comfortable, where they have privacy. But we need to be developing like home birth in a hospital, home birth in a birth center, which is just a home birth in someone else's house, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How can we create spaces wherever they are that allow you to set the tone, to create the ambiance, and to have the privacy, the safety, and to not feel observed, the three things that every laboring woman needs to give birth gently and pleasurably. Hmm. I, you know, watching the the film, uh, one of the things that I wrote down, I, I don't remember which of your experts said this, but um, she talks about how people are comfortable talking about pain, but they aren't comfortable talking about the transformation and the positive aspects of birth. And, you know, we've talked a lot in this conversation about about the, really the conditioning, you know, we've all been conditioned that birth is painful, that birth is traumatic, that, you know, in the film, uh, somebody mentions the the TV series ER and how, you know, the, the, the births mm-hmm. that are depicted in ER, they are, you know, screaming and it's trauma and it's emergency. So, I, you know, I have a question for you because a close friend of mine is pregnant. She's six months pregnant and, you know, she and her, her partner, have approached Sarah and I to, to ask us about, you know, what is the, the hardest part of being new parents and, you know, what was the pain like? And, you know, she's, she's an example of, of somebody who's been conditioned to expect pain, to think about the pain and to try and control the pain or just, you know, talk about it. What do you say to someone like her who, you know, obviously doesn't want to experience pain and and discomfort and fear with her birth, but she's just been conditioned to it. And, and, you know, that's what, that's how she, that's, that's the context of birth that she holds. How, how do you help someone like her 
move away from the pain and thinking about birth as painful and traumatic to thinking about birth as flow and natural and peaceful and potentially joyful? Yeah, great question. Ah, And I'm always sad for your friend and the many other people that share that perspective because what your mind kind of thinks about your body feels. I often do a really just fun activity with my medical students and um, different professions that I teach with, and I have them enter the room that I'm teaching, and I don't let them in till like a set time, and I open the door and they come in, and the first thing I say to them is, I'm so sorry, like I came in and the floor was really kind of dirty. And so I couldn't find anything really good to clean it with. So I finally found something. And after I cleaned the floor, I read the label and it has a side effect of making a lot of you itch. So throughout the day today, you might all have periods of itching. And so every hour, I'm going to do an itch scale from one to 10. Now, as I'm saying this, people are already starting to itch because I planted the seed. And the more I say itch, the more people are like starting to wiggle and scratch. And, you know, you're listening, so you know it's not there. But there may be a few people listening that just if I say itch like 10 times, you may start to feel itchy. And then I say to them, one, I'm just joking because I can tell I'm starting to panic them and I don't want anyone nervous. And I do say, you know, before I tell them I'm joking, I say, but don't worry, I picked up Benadryl and drugs. So if you're itching a lot, I have medications for you. And then when I let them know I'm joking, I said, I want you to think for a moment how many times you heard labor is painful. How much is our pain? Because that's all we're focused on. And if we focus on pain, if we focus on itching, it's that placebo effect, right? We're often going to get what we focus on. So the first thing I want to do with people that hold birth as so painful is to really go back and say, where has all that come from for you? Where, what stories have you heard? And I do ask all the people that have experienced birth as painful and tell these difficult stories to always, if you share a story, and we all should tell our story, they're powerful and important, every one of them, is make sure you leave people with bits of wisdom, not just bits of fear. So I always say, you know, what would you do differently? Were there any things you did that took the pain away and brought you to comfort? So really start focusing on what can we take in around us to comfort. The second thing is pain and pleasure travel on the same pathway. So if we really start going deeper into how to stimulate pleasure, you won't feel as much pain. And I work with so many people that truly after their birth will say to me, pain was never a word that I would use to describe what I experienced. There were challenging, it was intense, it was powerful. But think about the word pain. It's the same word we have for a toothache, a headache, our leg amputated, a major car accident, and childbirth. This all can't be the same pain. And so a lot of times when we open up the vocabulary, we can really look at it because so often we associate pain with illness, something broken, not right, we need to fix it. Childbirth is healthy and whole, and that intensity can actually be reframed to be experienced without pain as the, the main word. The next is that childbirth was never intended to be still, to be on our back, to be laying down. 
if we look at traditions, and I've worked with indigenous and uh, traditional midwives around the world, a bed isn't even in the room. In America, we have some of the least options for comfort in childbirth in the whole rest of the world. And so, especially for those of you about to give birth in a hospital, I always say, make sure on the tour, you look around the room and make sure you have 10 things there for comfort. And often when I ask people 10 things in a typical hospital room for comfort, people kind of stare at me with a blank stare. What would you name as 10 things? In a hospital, Sarah, that are there for comfort. Uh, <laughs> I don't really. I I didn't even get that far, so I couldn't even have an accurate depiction of the room. I mean, maybe sitting on a toilet if that was even that comfortable. Yeah, like there isn't, and yet I travel <laughs> the world, and the bed is usually a futon in the corner, and yeah. there's like a big double jacuzzi out in the room. There's balls and mats and ropes and swings and something called a wheel. And there's acupuncture available. There's Mm. lighting, music, aromatherapy. And the rooms, when you open the door to walk in, they invite you into a playful space Mm. that's joyful. And so, like, there's so many things you can't compare because the typical hospital room literally puts you down and offers you no comfort mm-hmm. when traditionally belly dancing was preparation for birth, mm. moving, dancing. I'm in parts of the world where we sing a lot in labor and we develop a song to sing the baby earthside mm. into the world. And traditionally, Birth had this element of both support, the people that were there to love you through labor and support you with touch and acupressure and hot and cold and doulas, but there was song and dance and ways to bring joy to it. So to anyone that's really only seeing the pain, it's because you're missing an entire huge piece on the pleasure sphere that you can replace both the images, the words, the language, and the opportunity, and birth can move to a much more joyful, pleasurable moment. And if you do have moments of pain, but they exist for 60 seconds, and then you have three minutes in between that someone can sing to you or love you, we can always manage our pain too. People sometimes think of pain like a Charlie horse that it lasts 24 hours. And I always laugh because if we took every sensation that you feel, even if you had a 24-hour labor and put them all together, it would only add up to about two and a half hours. Our moments of work, as I like to say, the surges, our personal power surges that our body gives us to welcome our baby are usually 45 seconds a minute we all can do some work for a minute um, for our baby's health and well-being. And then the in-between breaks are times where we feel just like we feel at this moment and the ability to enjoy those breaks, both to rest, to laugh, to have touch, to have connection, and to feel love will help us with the next bit of work. So for me, Um, We have a lot to undo, sadly, to relearn, but it's so possible and so easy to shift. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's That's, amazing. Yeah, that was was powerful. And I know that there are listeners right now who, um, you know, somewhere 
and on the on the scale of thinking about pain and 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 maybe worrying about it and um, to hear your response and and your words and your you know your recommendation how to approach it is is amazing and I know that Sarah and I you know as we plan for baby number two you know we're going to be keeping all of that in mind as well and there's actually a lot of things from the the documentary that we took away um, particularly around the touch yeah the, the touch the, the physical and the- touch and yeah just just loving like you know for me loving on Sarah during labor yeah. and yeah. making it really you know sensual romantic um, experience yeah like the couple who was like we made out during contractions yeah. and seeing that i was like that's hot <laughs> i want to do that <laughs> right um, wasn't it that was yeah. Sarah and simon beautiful and like truly as a midwife and kind of a doula you know because i was the one filming many of these births i we really had to be in the corner and mm-hmm. like so they didn't really know we were there because they were getting so intimate. And at times we literally like went in the kitchen, you yeah. know, made a cup of tea and just said, you guys go to it in there. You yeah. know, you're having such a great time. But how wonderful is that, right? Mm-hmm. To just shift it and realize that this is what birth is. Don't, don't we want to birth our babies with that kind of love and connection? Yeah. yeah. I want to circle back real quick to Robbie Davis Floyd, and then I want to jump into what you're what you're working on and all the exciting things that are coming up. And that is with her. I'm so glad you mentioned her because I actually recorded part of what she said towards the end of the film so that I could remember it and and share it again. And you know, I'm paraphrasing. I, I'm not going to say it as as awesomely as she did, but basically, how important it is that. W- women who have magical, transcendent, powerful birthing experiences, how important it is for us to share it. But what's kind of held us back, and and I I feel this, it totally resonates, is feeling like you're going to make someone feel bad. You're going to make the mom who didn't have her ideal birth or was transferred or had the cesarean, had the epidural, feels like she was kind of shortchanged in her birth experience. We don't want to hurt her feelings. We don't want to make her feel less than. Um, But it's it's a shame because it's kind of counterintuitive, but by, because by standing in your power and being confident in you and in your story, you create that space for more healing or you create that space for her to then step into her own power. And when she said what she said, I just thought, oh my God, that's why we're doing, doing it at home. That's what doing it at home is. Like it is the platform for that, to release that fear around being your biggest, boldest expressed self that you were in birth and then keeping that flame lit, keeping that woman alive to to then share the story and help others transcend. Because if you just experience that orgasm in just birth, that's kind of capping the the limitless potential that is that energy. And so keep that going. And when she just said that, it so many like lights, bells, everything was going off in me. And it, I was just so grateful for, for her to encapsulate so well what it is, you know, we're seeking to do here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I say at a lot of my workshops and retreats, I have this vision that we now have coffee chains, right, that have become so popular all over the world, if not even just here in the U.S. And I wish one of them, if I could have my next dream, is that we would find their like slowest morning, if there even is one, or evening. And like if every Tuesday, imagine at 10 a.m. across the world, you could go to the coffee shop and it was birth story time. Uh And whether you gave birth yesterday or 50 years ago, 
you could come share your story. And whether you were a child or you were a great grandmother, you could come and listen. And that we would hold every story because every story is important, but we would also birth forward the wisdom that those people that have had the challenge, as I said, would share what they would change. And we would make the space because there are millions of people that are having pleasurable, joyful, ecstatic, orgasmic births. And they're not telling them because of just what you said, Robbie Davis Floyd said, is they feel silenced. Mm. And I wish we could have this place. And I just say, you know, everyone, you can, you can start doing this in your living room. You can rent a community center and just once a month invite people to tell stories. But I think that when we lost the storytelling of our births, where we don't honor each other and our journey, we've lost a lot. I mean, going back, that's how I started. It was my great-grandmother's stories that touched me as a child that inspired me to have the birth I did, which put me on the path to what I do. And so by silencing so many stories, we've lost a lot of wisdom. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, so let's, let's talk about what's in what's going on right now and what's up to come for, for orgasmic birth and for you and how you're continuing this, this conversation. Um, I know it's a lot of exciting stuff, so, you know, share with us what's going on. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, one, I have to, to the story part, we share birth stories. So orgasmicbirth.com, not only can people download and view or rent our documentary orgasmic birth and our book, and we're an ebook and audible, a print book, whatever you want. But you can read birth stories from all over the world of mm-hmm. people that have had transformation, joy, power, pleasure in their birth. And if you've given birth at any time, we don't care if it was 40 years ago or yesterday, consider writing your story for us because then you're birthing forward the wisdom to others. And then my, I like to always say my newest baby <laughs> is an online childbirth class. Because so many people see our film and read the book and tell me all the time they wanted more, and they can't always get to my retreats and workshops around the world. So I created pain to power childbirthcom It's an online childbirth class that actually gives you complete access to the film, to the book, and to many other great experts that I love and treasure. I kind of put together my best tips and information that takes you through from a welcome module to nine weeks of information. And the great news is you can do it with us over nine weeks where I'll personally guide you and you can have live webinars and talk to the experts and ask questions and and be with us. But you have access for a full year and we also have anytime options for those that want to go through it on their own. But my biggest excitement, because we started our conversation before we were talking with everyone about how kind of you initially watched the documentary, Happy Healthy Child. Yes. I'm in there a bit. And Sarah, that that filmmaker, is also a dear friend. And we're going to be offering a bonus soon. We're about to go into a live Um, period for our next live class, which our next live class will actually begin October 18th. And an early bonus for those that sign up when registration opens will be to have free access to Sarah's four hours of Happy Healthy Child. So paintpowerchildbirth.com is really, for me, 
so exciting because I can provide anyone anywhere in their own home and, and comfort where I hope you feel safe to go into these deep topics and explore, but also to do it at the level that you want from just a few hours a day or a few hours a week to we give you deep resources if you want to go deeper and further. And my last is come join me in person if you ever want to. And I do retreats many places, but one that I love is in Bali. And we do eatpraydoula.com every March, April, May in Bali. So for those of you that want to go on to become doulas or to advance skills, and we have many people come and, you know, just want to be there to support their partner or their best friend or their daughter, um, you can join me somewhere in the world too. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to Bali next year, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That would be awesome. And Matthew can come. Okay. We have partners. Dads come and children come. The Balinese love children. So families come all the time. And the dads and other partners often do other activities. They organize all kinds of their own things why we're together doing our retreat. So I'd love to welcome you. Oh my God. We can record from there. We can make baby number two there. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, And we'll have links to all of this stuff on our website listeners. So D I H podcast.com, you know, we'll have links to um, pain to power orgasmicbirth.com to read awesome birth stories and, and all of this stuff. So if you, you know, need that, don't fret. We'll have that for you. Um, Deborah. I don't even know where to begin other than just th- thank you so much. I mean, I feel like this community that we've opened ourselves up to really since, you know, our journey began a year plus ago with watching Happy Healthy Child. Um, there's like these celebrities of the birth world that um, we've had the in- in- insane um, honor and fortune of speaking with like you, um, Sarah Buckley and Margolis. And, you know, every time we get to connect with someone new in this sphere, I just get so giddy and excited. And um, this has definitely been an experience like that for me. And uh, what you're doing is is so so important, so valuable. And I love your, your humility in all of it. And just like, yeah, this is, this is what it is. It's almost this co-created thing. And, and from dreams to stories from, from family and, and all of it, it's just, it's just come to be where it is now and who you are for, for women, for families, for motherhood is just, I'm, I'm really inspired. So thank you. Thank you so much. It truly is an honor and blessing. You know, I, I really, as you heard, I, it is my passion, but I just feel that I'm following the path before me. And so meeting you and Matthew and being a part today of your podcast and to all that, that are listening, thank you for allowing me to come into your home. And I hope touch your heart as well to have whatever birth you desire in the way that you vision it. Oh, Deborah, we are, are truly grateful uh, for you and your time and just sharing everything you have with us and our listeners. So once again, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Quick note. 
note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.